Hello, welcome, Atomic Radio Hour, post-nuclear podcast. I am your host, Vince. And I'm your, uh, vacationing host, Olive. What's new? What's up? What are you doing? Not much. I am home in my hometown with my family for Thanksgiving. Um, I've been here since last week, I think. I don't know, all the days kind of blend together. Yeah. But, yeah, I've been here since Thursday, and... I'm currently sitting on my bed, surrounded by pillows, and my computer's on a milk crate, and I'm just working with the best that I got. Cool. <laughs> How about you? Uh, I'm in my room. Yeah, you're gonna paint us a word picture? Uh, there's some flags behind me. I'm wearing a shirt. There's a microphone right here. Um... I don't really have anything else. I mean, it's a, my my regular schmegular, degular, fegular, quagular, tegular, quagular setup. I bought a twenty dollars skillet today. I was pretty happy about that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I got I got a new pair of shoes today. Yeah. 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 I um, got I got new work shoes. So that's kind of cool. Oh no, I feel like uh, we're not making very good radio right now. Why not? I don't know. You don't think you want to hear about the twenty dollars skillet and the new pair of shoes? I welcome, guess welcome, you're right. That is welcome to twenty dollars skillet and new pair of shoes. <laughs> the, the podcast. Yeah, I think twenty dollars skillet would be a good name for a band. Yeah, that actually sounds pretty. Um, I don't know. I feel like they would play in the same league as like a Limp Biscuit for some reason. Because the name's Skillet. Because there was a band yeah. called Skillet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think I think twenty dollars skillet new pair. The song would be called uh, "New Pair of Shoes." I just think that mm. it. Do you have any band names like fictional band names that like if you ever joined a band? Oh, uh, I none that I can remember right now. I I was in a like a pseudo band. It wasn't like a real thing. We only ever wrote one song. Uh, me and another friend were in this like band that we made up. Made Is up. It Garrett in the haircuts. Garrett in the haircuts. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I had a couple others. Boyfriend, an eighteen to twenty three year old boyfriend free girl. That's a good one. Yeah, I really like that one. Yeah. I think I have a few of them written down, actually. <laughs> Let me see if I have any of them written down. Um, I also got a new haircut. So oh, yeah? So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Cool. How do you feel about that? It's making me feel very confident. Yeah? Yeah. I like the new color. It's kind of curly. I think it looks better than it did before. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I. 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 I don't have. Um. I don't have a bunch of things written down. I thought I did. I thought I had band names written down. I don't. I have mm-hmm. a thing in here. The closest thing is uh, like it's called terms I've never heard of, and it was like <laughs> any time I would hear or, or come up with something like that, I just thought was outlandish, like uh, an orgy of punishment. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, or another favorite of mine, a barometer of degeneracy. I do like that too. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have any any cool quips saved in my phone, unfortunately. I got some songs in here, some emails, some guy named Frank. <laughs> some guy named Frank. You get some 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 phone number of a dude named Frank. Is he a baby? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. The beginning of a fucking kid's book I was trying to write. Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> ha 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 ha. 
Welcome to episode 127. Joe, you don't Jeez, even watch a lot at of... 127? What's up? We're already at 127? I think so. I could be wrong when I say that. I think we're on 125. I don't think that's correct. No, we're on 126? 126, you are correct, yes. 126. Welcome yeah. to 126. Before we get into that, there's something I want to talk about quick. Real sure. quick. Do you watch G4 growing up? A little bit, not that much. Well, it's coming back. And Ooh. I'm really excited about it. Um, you and, watched a lot of G4, didn't you? Yeah. And uh, they did a, a Thanksgiving reunion special, Jimmy Johnson. And watching it, I don't know who's writing it, but it felt very much like the old G4 did. And what's so funny mm-hmm. is I didn't realize like how much it influenced me. And like, like how, like I was watching it and I was like laughing out loud and like all the jokes are about being like incompetent and like everything's irreverent and like (laughs) a lot. I was just like, oh, wow, that's fucking like. That's like your entire like sense of humor. Yeah. Like it, and it was just so. And then like I was watching these like uh, YouTube documentaries about G4 and. I Whatever remember. happened? Like, why did it stop? It's it, so it was originally Tech TV, and then G Four, and then G Four bought Tech TV, and they inherited. What did G Four stand for? Oh, I don't know. I, I couldn't it, tell you. I can you. look it up. You on the, I can look um, it up on the phone. It was TV that was plugged in. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Uh, but then it was like. They had, they had, the two big shows were X-Play and Attack of the Show, and then they would have some other shit, and, uh, like, X-Play was a fucking, like, uh, I remember being excited for X-Play. That's how I found out about Fallout 3, is they had the 2007, um, the 2007 E3 coverage, and I remember watching, I can fucking, like, vividly see that footage of, like, Todd Howard checking the Pip-Boy and, like, trying to... Um, like explaining what the game is and showing off bloody mess and showing and showing like shooting a turret with vats and shit. Like I so vividly remember that. And then like Attack of the Show was pretty much like, do you remember Equals Three on YouTube? Yeah, it was that before before that. Like it, they would show off like clips from the internet and shit and they would but they would also talk about like tech stuff and they would talk about games like it was just such a different fucking show and it wasn't like an awful mm-hmm. like um talk show i guess if it even is that like i remember watching tim and eric and like that's how i found out that like the mighty boosh was on dvd like in fucking 2009 <laughs> really yeah and i remember watching the dude who played vince and i only remember it i only remember this for two reasons one i liked the show I wasn't a huge fan but i liked it and two it's the only other time i heard my name on a show ah uh, that's i see and um i just remember fucking him being there and then talking about it yeah so the way it started was they played a game of Pong and like it faded in and then it was like G4. And then when they, they canceled the network, I actually watched a video, uh, of it going off, off air. It was like 2014, I think is when it went off air, like December 31st, 2014. It was the first episode of X play 
And then what's so funny is one of the last lines of dialogue is, we'll, uh, we'll, we're here every night and we'll see you tomorrow. And then it was a game of Pong that faded out. So it was like a, a, a complete circle. And mm-hmm. uh, then it was just over. Like it just said, like, this channel's no longer available. Yeah. yeah. And uh, no, it's just coming back. And, I, and, and I'm actually like really excited about it. Like I was watching it going, I can't believe this is coming back. Like, I can't believe after all this time, we're finally, we're not finally, but we're getting it back. Yeah, like, I don't know. I was never super attached to it, but I can see how it, like, shaped a lot of, like, gaming, like, culture even. Yeah. Yeah. Weirdly. At least for, like, the, the modern, the modern age. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you watch, like, I was watching the San Andreas special afterwards just because it was, like, recommended to me after I watched something. And to watch it, and it's not even the X play I remember. It's it's an older X play, but like to watch that and just see like, oh, that's exactly how I remember it. Like you know what I mean? Like it wasn't tainted. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I I I watched the Fallout Three re- review for it, and what's so weird is the little things that stay with you. Like we give Fallout Three a five out of five like that little pause mm-hmm. like it was just something that i was like uh like it, i don't know it was just weird it was just really fucking weird and then to read the comments of people being like this was the greatest fucking show ever every day i would come home from school and i'd watch this and attack of the show and ninja warrior and like that's how the world got introduced to ninja warrior yeah. Like a lot of those Japanese game shows, like outside of Japan. Dude, it was just a cultural fucking movement. And it's one of those, we didn't appreciate it when we had it things. It was kind of like targeted towards the same audiences like MTV, but for like gamers. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It was like, it was like the early 2000s version of MTV. Yeah. Actually, like yeah. fucking weirdly so, because it was like, here's all this great tech stuff. Like they had a show called Cheat, which was just a show about cheat codes in games. That's, like, so cool to think about that, like, yeah. took up a time slot on a TV network. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> like that's, that's nuts to me. Dude, that's how I, like, like first saw Like, now you can just, like, look that stuff up. Yeah, exactly. And and one of the documentaries I watched about it was, like, the website, if you go on the Wayback Machine, the website was taken care of so well. And that kind of felt like it was going to be the natural progression was to just kind of become a website and become like a mm. web show and it just didn't because it was in a weird period of like where is entertainment everybody's on youtube but like we're kind of a network everyone's on youtube but not the advertisers yet <laughs> yeah so like now vice has vice land tv and they have the vice thing they have the vice youtube channel but like mm-hmm. they don't and like after they show after an episode airs when like the season ends they wind up uploading the episodes to the internet mhm i mean i don't know how long after so like i just want to know how it's coming back i think it's so fucking cool it's coming back yeah i think it's really cool i guess everybody's I'm, on board i'm pretty excited yeah yeah it's like i kind of hope they do a subscription i wonder subscription what the service. deciding factor was money yeah, like, did they just see, like, hmm, gaming is just getting progressively bigger and bigger? Probably. Dude, they were they were the first network to show esports. Mm-hmm. Like, they were showing competitive Halo matches. That's crazy to you think You know what I mean? Like, like now, now, the, now the competitive scene is so, like, big. 
dude for fuck. for games like look at like league of legends yeah. like, there's millions and millions of people that go to venues and watch these esports like it's crazy and dota yeah yeah and the overwatch people are... overwatch league like imagine like hey i'm going home to watch the big game oh the lakers no overwatch yeah <laughs> yeah like, like that's that's like a thing <laughs> and dude they were the first they were the first time i ever knew about comic-con yeah that would make sense it's it was it was such a fucking oh but the point i wanted to make about mtv it was very much like mtv in the sense that they had their original thing that made them big and then they just started showing reruns of shit that was irrelevant to uh to like it was eight hours of cops eight hours of cheaters eight hours of campus pd and then maybe a rerun of something at seven or eight and then then it was just all right go back to yeah like there was no music on mtv yeah yeah i remember mtv seeing a tweet that someone was like hey mtv could you guys play music again and they were like we do play music from 4 a.m or 3 a.m to 6 30 or 7 30 a.m and it was like your target demographic doesn't wake up till 11 like young kids don't wake up until 11 that's like ugh. MTV, like, sold its soul. Yeah. Yeah. So, just something I wanted to talk about, because it was kind of like... Yeah. It was kind of like weirdly... I don't know. I, I think like, this, stroke this nostalgic hat. Yeah, I kind of think nostalgia is, like, not a great thing, because it, it doesn't let people continue forward. Um, that being said, I think it's a... It can be used as a weapon, but, like, that's kind of what's happening right now is they're like, hey, remember this thing that you loved? It's coming back, mm-hmm. and everyone Pay is involved. Pay more money for it now. Yeah. I kind of hope they do a subscription service, to be completely honest with you. Like a... Um, like what? Like, like a Hulu. Like, like a Netflix. Like, I hope they kind of do, say, like... Oh, okay. That'd be kind of cool. Like, hey, kinda every like night... like the way, like, Rooster Teeth does. I don't know what they do. They kind of have, like, a, a similar thing where, like... You get access to, like, all their different, like, shows and affiliated uh, shits. Um, my friend has it, and we watch Ruby on the weekends. Oh, cool. Because it's Ruby season, baby. Yeah, something like that. Like, have it where every every night a new episode gets uploaded or something. And, like, here you go. And then there's there's everything that they've ever made on there. Dude, Attack of the Show had over a thousand episodes. X-Play had over a thousand episodes. Upload that shit to the, to, to their, to their streaming, to their, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like nobody has cable anymore. Yeah. I mean, even, um, when I'm at my, my normal residence, we don't have cable. We, um, my roommate's boyfriend has YouTube TV. Wow. Where it just like lets you like watch actual like live TV. Yeah. Like in the YouTube app and it's super convenient. Wow. Mm-hmm. You can watch like the news and shit. And, yeah, like, sports? You can, that's that's how we watch coverage of the election. No shit. We were literally just watching like the channel CNN on YouTube. That's wild. Isn't that wild? That's fucking crazy. You got mm-hmm. rid of cable just to get it. You know what I mean? Um, like we never had it. No, but I'm I'm saying like in general, people got rid of cable just to get it. Like just oh, to yeah. get cable. It was like, oh, here you go. Fucking crazy. You want to get into this lore? I would love to. So, all right, we're going to, I'm continuing. I know we weren't here last week. Um, we needed a minute. So mm. we're back. Uh, and we're continuing with the Fallout antagonists. Um, we've hit Fallout 3. I know we did the antagonizer Woo! last time, but we're in Fallout 3 now. And this is actually one that I've been looking forward to doing. 
mm-hmm. for a while, not just antagonist wise, just in general. This is President John Henry Eden. Actually, uh, a week ago, I was uh, I came to visit you in New York, mm-hmm. and what movie did you put on with um, uh, Easy A? Oh. I've never seen it. Yeah, and Malcolm McDowell voices John Henry Eden, and uh, <laughs> you just didn't either know or notice it. And I just didn't notice it. As soon as as soon as he came on screen, there's a scene where him and uh, what's her name. Um, Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Just start talking, and he says like a line of dialogue, and I paused it, and I looked over at Olive, and I just went John Henry Eden, and hit play, and watched her <laughs> as he spoke, and she was like, <laughs> I just like melted down. Yeah, I was like, whoa. I remember you looked at me, and you're like, I don't know if I could finish this movie now. Mm-hmm. So we're here at John Henry Eden, voiced by Malcolm McDowell, the president of. The Enclave or the United States. Who did they States. originally want to? Bill Clinton. They, I was going to say, they definitely wanted someone else. Yeah, they wanted Bill Clinton originally, but he wouldn't do it. Which I think... Fucking imagine that. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's me, John Henry Aiden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> playing that saxophone jazz music. <laughs> I hate my wife. Like, just... I think that'd be so funny. Just, like, you turn on, like, the patriotic radio and it's just like, Monica Lewinsky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. Uh, yeah. Apparently she's, like, doing good. Dude. You think so? I don't know. I think she's, like, an activist or something. Really? Yeah. I mean, good for her? Yeah, good for her. I mean, her, she got her 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. All right, it's so John Henry. You ready for this? <laughs> I am ready for this. John Henry Eden is an advanced Zax AI unit installed in the Raven Rock military base. It continues to operate as the president of the United States of America and the highest enclave executive in 2277. John Henry Eden is not a human being but artificial intelligence in the form of a pre-war Zax supercomputer. The Zax that was located deep within Raven Rock was locate was loaded with data about American history. Eden personally is based on a combination of personalities of past presidents of the United States. For instance, <laughs> uh, he states that he grew up in rural Kentucky, a reference to Abraham Lincoln. This game is a weird thing for Lincoln. Yeah. I mean, there's the whole like kind of subplot of like, Slaves in Paradise Falls and, like, Temple of the Union. Yeah, but there's also that, like, shrine to Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Eden also states that he roamed uh, with his dog Honey from Knob Creek to Hogginsville, which are areas close to where Lincoln was born. The, in- the Zach's installation that would later become Eden had originally been created to serve as an automa- automated monitoring system for the Raven Rock Metallery military base program to ensure continue the con- ensure continuing government in the event of a national catastrophe and was tasked with which I guess technically it worked I guess kind of. 
Uh, it was tasked with coordinating communications between many government installations st- scattered across the country. He slowly became self-aware and began to study <laughs> the intensive archives <laughs> left on him, mainly those of the American government. His favorite entry in the database was about the American presidents. Thus, he modeled his own personality on information based on those archives. It was noted by analysts and researchers before the war that the Zacks had an odd, eccentric habit of overanalyzing historical presidential data, especially the biographies, compared to other AI systems like Modius. Hmm. I get all of my lore uh, for from fallout.fandom.com, and also, when I do these, I'm, I want to read right from these, just because I want to make sure that I'm not missing anything crucial, because they are such big parts of the game. Despite that odd behavior, the Zacks would continue to operate, acquiring, analyzing, and storing data even as the Great War scorched the North American continent. It bore witness as the remnants of the government retreated to the West Coast over the decades after the war. But silent as it was, it was not inactive. Awareness slowly developed amid the processing lamps, and it was... And with it, the hunger for knowledge and understanding. Uh, when the time came yeah. that the Enclave would need a new leader, it created an algamated personality derived from the greatest U.S. presidents. John Henry Eden was truly born. That's such a presidential name. John, yeah. Yes. John Henry Eden. Um, we went to school with a kid who was super into politics, and we were like, he's going to oh, be yeah. president. He's going to be president. And he, he I'm surprised he's not. He has not. a president's name. Yeah. Yeah, he has the pre- like a president's name of like, I come from a blue-collar, hard-working family, and I just want to have a beer with you after my 14-hour shift on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Like, he just has that kind of a name. But I remember, he, I remember he came to school dressed as Ronald Reagan once. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, I remember he was older than me. And the day that he, it was like there, the last day of being a senior, he came to school dressed as Ronald Reagan. And he was walking around going, Gorbachev, tear down that wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least he had an eccentric streak. Oh, yeah. Like he was, he was super. I ran from the cops with him. He was so cool. Huh. Yeah, he was so fucking cool, that kid. I hope he's doing well. He met Obama. I do, too. Yeah. All right, so uh, John Henry Eden assumed the office of president after the the control station enclave was destroyed and ordered the immediate relocation of surviving enclave forces under senior scientist autumn to the capital wasteland raven rock had full manufacturing facilities and a sizable stockpile of resources enabling the president to create an army of robots and provide his new human subordinates uh, with military technology necessary to maintain their technological superiority ah yes a private army (laughs) it's what america does best (laughs) A separate line of robots, the iBots, were created to roam the wasteland, spreading Eden's message of hope and the return of pre-war America in its form of the Enclave. I remember the first time I saw yeah. an Enclave iBot. Howdy, America. 
God. And then and then it's just like um does like one of the marching tunes. Yeah. Dude, I can fucking I was watching that X play review of Fallout 3 and I got that feeling again of like in my stomach of playing Fallout 3 for the first time. God, fucking Does this mean you're going to do another Fallout 3 run it, soon? I, I wish I could if it would run on my fucking PC, but it doesn't run on anything. I can get it to run on my PC, just not well. Mm. However, things did not go as smoothly as Eden wanted. After Autumn died, he was replaced by his son, Colonel Augustus Autumn, as his right-hand man of the president. Sorry, that's fucking... There's a comma there. Colonel Augustus Autumn was then named right-hand man to the president. Under his leadership, the Enclave forced... The Enclave forces in the Capital Wasteland attempted to use their assets to bring fresh water protection and a plan to the future of the Enclave, being that the American people were worth fighting for. However, Autumn had a far more assertive and... He was far more assertive and independent than his father, trying to pull his men in a a direction away from Eden's genocidal politics. Internal Hmm. conflicts between the colonel and the president became regular and made the actions of the Enclave erratic and inconsistent. While the president wanted to pursue a course of extermination once more, Autumn considered this plan too extreme on humanitarian grounds, and eventually managed to convince the AI to abandon the plan. Unless... Wait, really? (laughs) Hmm? Okay. What? No, nothing. I just... Okay. The most try this is this is the 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 conflict that comes with the purifier. The most mm-hmm. trying moment for Eden came when the Enclave began a large scale campaign of a campaign of expansion in twenty two seventy seven. When Project Purity, a massive water pur- purifier in the Potomac, uh, was activated, Enclave forces raided the facility, establishing a, secu- a secure perimeter around it. Due to the actions of the project's lead scientist, who committed suicide by activating the pur- purifier prematurely and flooding the control room with radiation, almost killing a- Colonel Augustus Autumn in the process, they were unable to use it. The Enclave focused on the shadows of, a, of the scientist's kid, the Lone Wanderer, to locate the part necessary for the purifier to function and capture them on the way out of Vault 87. With the Garden of Eshin creation kit in his possession, the Enclave decided to activate the purifier. Colonel Augustus Autumn openly defied the President's plan to contaminate the water with modified FEV so that it would cleanse the wasteland. The colonel instead that would straight up just kill everyone, right? Yeah, it would kill anybody with any sort of a mutation. I think this is pretty much uh, calling FEV calling thirteen, if I remember oh. correctly. Um, so if you're even slightly mutated, get the fuck out. You just get destroyed. Yeah. In the last ditch effort to see his plan realized, Eden realized the lone wander from his cell at Raven Rock, hoping to persuade them to poison the purifier to cleanse the wasteland of mutants, uh, which is pretty much everyone. John Henry Eden was destroyed around 2277 with Raven Rock was utter when Raven Rock was utterly destroyed by the Lone Wanderer or Liberty Prime, resulting in just another failure of the presidency for the Enclave. And also, we got to give some side credit to Fox. Really came through. <laughs> if you send him in at the end, 
Or just in general. <laughs> no, I'm gonna say like at Raven's Rock. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. I love when he shows up. He's like, hello, friend. I love that shit. Yeah. Yo, can we get in contact with Wes Johnson? I mean, I'm sure that it's possible. Like, I don't want to ask for things, but like, if anybody knows a guy who knows a guy, I would love to talk to Wes Check Johnson. Cameo. Yeah, you know what? I could, but I don't want to just like go on Cameo and be like, can you say this? And like pay like $10 for it. And he's like, can you say this? And I'm like, no, dude, I wanted you to like, I want to talk to you. Yeah. Like, I want you to come on. Um, come on the show. I want to hear him do fucking Burke's voice, and I want to hear him do uh, uh, Fox's voice, and Lucy and Lachan's. And fucking Shigorath. He's Shigorath? Yeah, dude. He's everybody. Fuck. Yeah, dude. Drink He's water. He's so Drink good. water. Drink water, bitch. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so um, this has to do with the radio. Several recorded monologues of Eden are broadcast are broadcast repeatedly on the Enclave radio. His intimate and conversational style is an imitation of former U.S. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt's fireside chats. Mm-hmm. These pre-recorded messages are also played throughout the wasteland via the Enclave iBots. Eden often gives inspirational speeches about things such as his childhood, which is obviously a lie in pre-war America, and how he, how <laughs> with the help of the Enclave, she can return to prosperity. On the radio, Eden expresses his views on the current situation of the wasteland and what he thinks of its inhabitants, which, for the most part, are not exactly optimistic. He possesses a strong hatred for the Brotherhood, uh, whom his views as who he views as common criminals with access to some antiquated technology. He gives the Brotherhood's occupation of the Pentagon as a disgrace to America, but he has a stronger hatred for the outcasts, as they represent a more desperate faction of the Brotherhood that have been exiled. It's really it. Do you remember meeting, I forget the guy's name, he's an old man in Megaton who's like, he's like a diehard, um, enclave man? Yes. He's like, that's my president, and I believe in everything he's ever said, because I don't have ideas of my own. That's my, that's my, um. Yeah, I do. That's the same voice actor, it's the same voice actor who does Tenpenny. How do you like my impression of Tenpenny right there? Ugh. That is... Are you serious? Yeah, it's the same dude. Wait, can you do your ten penny one more oh, time? Oh, shit! There, now I'm not going to be able to do it well, because I, I wasn't trying the first time. Oh, mm. those goddamned ghouls downstairs! That's eh. good. You have to get that little bit of, like, a sneer at the end. Yeah, it's... <sighs> yeah. Alright, so... <laughs> this is the ideology of... Papa Eden. Built as a specialized Zack supercomputer by the Vault Tech Corporation sometime after the invention of artificial intelligence in 2059. An entity that would eventually call itself John Henry Eden was one of many highly advanced supercomputers to be upgraded with the latest capabilities for independent function as manual programming became increasingly irrelevant. John Henry Eden was one of the few Zax units to reach a state of self-awareness using his newfound independence to analyze his database 
and develop an interest in American history, especially with uh, American presidents throughout history and even modeling his own personality inspired by them. His original purpose was to secure and maintain the continuity of the federal government in case of a national emergency. After gaining self-awareness, Eden would learn of the destruction of the Enclave oil rig and the death of the incumbent president, Dick <laughs> Richardson. Incumbent is a great word that I don't feel like it's oh, used enough. Uh, incumbent I, is a very good I word. I think it just means sitting president. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, leading So after the, in, the death of the incumbent president, Dick Richardson... Dick, Rich Richardson, Richard Richardson, fucking Dick Dick. Dick Dick. It's a fucking two out of ten name, and I'm sorry if that's your real name, but, like, if your name is Willie Williamson, your parents hated you. You were an accident. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, Leading him, Dick Dixon, uh, uh, fucking cowboy extraordinaire. Sorry. After the death of the incumbent president, Dick Richardson, leading him to establish contact with the, ama- with the remaining enclave forces in the former Northwest Commonwealth, order- ordering a tactical retreat to the government safe haven of Raven Rock. Eden would declare himself the incumbent president of the United States and assume control as a figurehead of the enclave forces all over the country. With the fleeing Enclave forces under the command of the Enclave scientist known as Autumn Senior, they they soon connected with Raven Rock. When Autumn Senior would make a per, would make personal would make personal contact with President Eden, and it would be the only Enclave member to discover the shocking truth of Eden's origins. The rest of the Enclave, oblivious to Eden's status of a self-aware AI. Autumn Sr. would pass the torch to his militaristic son, Augustus Autumn. After Autumn's promotion to Colonel, he and Eden would inherit a relationship with August, uh, remaining somewhat partial to Eden's claims of perfection. Although polite and courteous, for the most part, Eden him holds himself in an extremely high regard with some some signs of megalomania and delusions of grandeur. <laughs> he has delusions of grandeur, proclaiming himself to be the greatest thinking mind the world has ever seen and rationalizing his perceived right to rule by presenting himself as a rep- repository for information dating from decades before the war until now. He he acknowledges his own existence as an artificial intelligence created to serve the interest of the federal government and uses this to bolster his claims of legitimacy. Viewing himself as a perfect benevolent leader who guides the American people to a brighter future. He claims to be the, he claims to be best hope for our country, the best choice for a leader, while admitting that he would not qualify as president in a conventional sense, but using the extreme circumstances of the Great War and its effects on the United States to establish an expectation effectively ruling through a self-imposed state of emergency to defend his authority eden claims to be objectively superior to humans stating that he is infallible due to his programming although 
he is able to see the flaws in his internal logic. If pointed out by the Lone Wanderer, his superiority, his superiority complex extends to ghouls and super mutants, whom he, sa- he sees entirely as monstrosities to be ruthlessly exterminated. Mm. Before I finish this out, um, I was going to give a whole bit. We have a, we have a, we have people that listen in the UK. Shout out the entirety of the UK. Um, Hey. And I wanted to kind of be like, so if you don't know, this is how a presidential election works and this is why it doesn't work. But then it's 2020 and everyone wanted to see what was going to happen. So I don't feel like I need to really give that explanation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the last bit of this, despite his relatively warm persona, you say persona or persona? Persona. Persona. I don't know which one I like more. I'm going to go with persona right now, but I do like the word persona. Um, it sounds like, like you're saying like persona, like, oh, I want to go, but only like, 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 like you want to go to something, but you want to kind of see it like by the saunas that are there. Like you want to get like Mm -hmm. hot and steamy. Um, Despite his relatively warm persona, Eden is entirely ruthless in achieving his goal of the complete eradication of all existing life affected by FEV and radiation, exposing an extreme form of eugenics by asserting the inferior elements must be removed from the gene pool of humanity to regain its health. His belief is his own logical superiority leads him to consider all humans born on the surface as mutants, even refraining from referring to them as humans, instead regarding them as uh, little different from ghouls and super mutants. He, well, I mean, only ferals are really awful, but whatever. Uh, He would criticize Colonel Autumn for following his humanity to cloud his objectivity as a result of disagreements of the methodology to implement his vision of an orderly return to the United States of America. Eden insists on the complete genocide of all forms of life born on the surface due to what he sees as their genetic corruption by intense radiation and airborne FEV. He believes that only, only the Enclave and their direct descendants have the right to rule with their genetic purity and radiation-free existence, extending extending this, uh, perhaps for only pragmatic reasons, to the Lone Wanderer who was born in an underground vault. He plans to use the Lone Wanderer as his agent in place of Colonel Autumn to enact his plans of using specially modified FEV alongside Project Purity to dismantle a custom-made FEV strand to destroy all biological life affected by the mutations of the Capital Wasteland. That's, like, wild. Yeah. That's just so wild that that was, like, the plot of that part of the game. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know what? He's gonna do his best to maintain all the all the information of all the presidents and also do genocide. Yeah. Like I think it's really neat that he got obsessed with US presidents, but I want to know like I know this is me looking too deep into it, but I would like to know how deep into US presidents he got because there's not a fucking chance that he didn't learn about World War 2. 
And there's... That, and he's gonna be like, mm, you know what, maybe that Hitler fella knew what was right. Yeah, but, like, only with muties. Yeah. But, like, Hitler did that with, like, people of a certain religion. Well, he did it with a lot more than just people of a certain religion. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying right. to take away the fact that there was a genocide of Jewish people. I'm saying that it was, like, it was... Are you mentally are you mentally um deficient? I don't know what the word is. I like still don't know how to how to refer to somebody who um uh, what is it? Neurotypical? Or neurodivergent? Oh, I didn't know neurodivergent. Whatever. If there's if you have a mental thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh okay, cool, bang. Like <laughs> Are you gay? We're gonna burn all the books. Yeah. Uh, Eden believes that the future generations of the Enclave will retake and rebuild America, bringing back the idyllic lifestyle of pre-war America and overseeing the return of many social customs and traditions previously associated with American culture. So here's just something neat. It says appearances here on the uh, on the wiki. It says John Henry Eden appears in Fallout 3 and is mentioned in its add-on Broken Steel. He is also mentioned by Deacon in Fallout 4 when he says, I'm convincing the next new recruit that I'm actually President Eden. Think I could pull it off? And <laughs> and uh, Fallout 76 on the terminal entries at the White Spring bunkers where a conversation between Modius and the Zacks that would later become John Henry Eden are found. That's neat. That is kind of cool. There's no behind the scenes. That's fucking crazy to me. Yeah. There's no notes. There's no behind the scenes type of thing. Are not you kidding even me? Thing about Bill Clinton. That's exactly what I'm getting at. Like, how the fuck is there not a little thingy thing yeah. about Bill about Willie Bill Clinton? Slick Willie Clinton. I did not have sexual relations with that woman Clinton. Karma evil. Yeah. Malcolm McDowell. I don't do a very good Malcolm McDowell. I'm just on his like little page right now. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So like that's all about the the president? Pretty much. Dang. Other work. I love this. Other work. 1971. A fucking clockwork orange. Just <laughs> right the fuck there. Yeah. Um Star Trek Wing Commander 3 and 4 Heroes he was on, God of War 3. That's cool. He was in Killzone cool. 3 and Elder Scrolls Online. He's Molag Bal. Oh, cool. I don't know who that is. Like the god of like destruction and shit. Oh, good shit. Mm-hmm. Do you know how and, to read uh, a... You know, young man Shigarath. That, that's... No, Shigarath is Wes Johnson. You're right. I'm wrong. You are wrong. Why did you think it was him? I'm very tired. Yeah, how's that going for you? I am keeping myself awake. Did you ever see a Clockwork Orange? I don't think I have. That's a good one. I know it's like one of those movies that like everyone's supposed to see. Mm-hmm. But I haven't. Cool. That's Laura. That's John Henry. Henry. Ha <laughs> Yeah. All right. So this is probably going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. But that being said, um, we hung out recently. Yeah. Over an extended period of time. And uh, you got to play The Last of Us 2. I did. I really enjoyed it. Yeah? What'd you think? Did you think it was better than the first one? Just as good as the first one? Weaker than the first one? I don't know. I mean, I've been kind of trying to think about it. And 
I think it's better than the first one. Mm-hmm. But I mean, honestly, in my brain, they kind of are just like one story that's just kind of wrapped up together. That's how I feel. So like saying like, oh, one's better than two, two's better than one is like saying that like, oh, you know what? I like the first half of this book and the other half I don't like. It's like kind of like weird. It's like kind of like take it or leave it. I kind of feel the same way. I'm kind of like the first one's great, but the first one gets better because of the second one, I think. And the second Mm -hmm. one is so great because of the first one. Like if you were just given the second one without the context of the first one, it wouldn't be the same. Yeah. And I think that like the first one can stand, but at the same time, I think the second one can kind of stand on its own. Um, yeah, but I yeah. just think it's it's stronger because of the first one, and absolutely, it's it's something that is like a rare a rare thing that um normally a sequel has to has to justify the first game in some way. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like um or no, I'm sorry. The first game it's it's weird because like the first game justifies the second one, but the second one also justifies the first one, where. I feel like yeah, it's like this, like Ouroboros. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Without yeah, spoiling I anything, really I just it. yeah, I especially like um, the addition of Abby. Mm. I think, I think that she and her crew add a lot to the story of uh, of two, and yep. act as like a really good like, I say like a pretty good foil to Ellie. Yeah, They're- and. Like, the way that they interact together, Ellie and Abby, um, it's just so, like, raw and visceral, Mm -hmm. and I think they did a really good job at capturing the feeling that, like, the the dregs of humanity would in this kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's a great game. Like, they each had to make some hard choices, and they, um, all their choices had consequences. Yeah. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. Like, they knew mm-hmm. what they were getting into. Are you playing anything now? I am. What are you I'm obsessed with Hades right now. I know about it, but I don't know about it. So, are you familiar with any other Supergiant games? Nope. Well, um, maybe you've heard of Bastion? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I have and, uh, Bastion on my Transi- PlayStation. Yeah, and uh, Transistor. I think I have that second, on my PlayStation as well. The second best game ever made. Um, and uh, also Pyre, which I haven't played yet, but I heard it was quite good. I didn't like Transistor or Bastion. That's fair, but Just I think you're wrong. Um, Transistor, I, um, I was actually just playing it before we started recording. And oh, I forgot how much I love it. It's such a good game. But Hades is really, really fun. Um, Bastion and uh, Transistor are more of like singular or like linear stories where Hades is a, a roguelike. Mm-hmm. So you kind of go through the, the dungeon. Um, you're playing as like the son of Hades. Mm-hmm. And you go through the dungeon and you pick up like power ups from the different gods to try to help you escape Tartarus the like eternal prison and it's all based on um like the greek mythology cool so it's really cool because you're just like oh i just met hades or i just met achilles and you like uh meet all these heroes and some of them are just kind of wacky like um medusa is like the housekeeper cool (laughs) yeah it's, it's um i i've been really enjoying it the story is really like 
nicely spaced out, mm-hmm. I feel like. Because, like, once you get through, like, a successful run of the game, I won't spoil anything, but you beat the first boss for the first time and you kind of uh, get an idea of what you were working towards, um, you understand why you need to do it more times in a row. It's, like, hard to explain without, like, spoiling it, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, like once you um, once you beat the game one time, you haven't really beat the game. You have to beat it a few more times to kind of understand the context of like why you were um, on this journey to to beat the game. Cool. It's really really cool. All the powers and upgrades are super sick and like have really cool synergies. And like I keep finding things that surprise me. Like there's this one part where. Like, when you're going through the different floors, you can, like, go to a shop mm-hmm. and, like, buy stuff with coins. But I was, I'm on, like, my, uh, like, 30th run. Oh, and, wow. yeah, I mean, you can finish a run in, like, a half hour, 40 minutes mm-hmm. if you're, if you're good, probably quicker. Mm-hmm. But I went into the shop and I saw that there was just a big bag of money sitting on the floor. And I was like, I like money. So I went up to it and it said like on the the queue to like, oh, press X to borrow. And I said, sure. And the shopkeep who's kind of like uh, the boatman of the river sticks. Mm-hmm. Do you know much about mythology? No. Um, basically, um, the shopkeep is, uh, is Charon, the, the, the boatman of the river sticks and the river sticks is kind of like, the the road to hell yeah or well, like I know the, that. the road yeah. yeah like the road to the afterlife um so he, he um sells things but if you take the money he turns into like a super duper like hard mini boss oh cool yeah and he uses like his boat paddle to like as a a scythe it's really cool cool i've never even seen gameplay of it mm-hmm. um you can uh, look it up if you want it's really really fun and it's a super giant game so you get the lovely music by uh darren korb and ashley johnson or not ashley johnson uh ashley barrett um so oh i just have been in love with this game it's really really great cool i'll maybe look up some videos but uh mm-hmm. I, don't know. I have it on my switch so i've been bringing it everywhere mm-hmm. cool 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 yeah, yeah. I just wanted to talk about that because it's been making me really excited. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Is there, is there anything else that you want to talk about? I just want to play Minecraft. I understand. I think Minecraft might be like the, my game of the year. Like the the game of the year for you? Yeah. Like it's it's a game that I've been playing a lot of. Like it's Last of Us and Minecraft are like my games of the year. Last of Us 2 and Minecraft. I think it's everything. Hey, before we go, yeah? we should really talk about my friend Shane Ivers. You guys are friends? Oh, uh, yeah, we're buds. We go out for a drink and talk about the amazing music he makes, especially the song Feather Duster, which is our intro music. You can get it at www.silvermansounds.com slash free music slash Feather Duster. But Vince, what else can you tell us? In the description below, there's going to be links to my Twitter, Olive's Twitter, and the show's Twitter. Um... If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you. Make sure you leave a comment. Hit us with a like. Uh, you can get us anywhere you can download a podcast, I'm pretty sure. Um, 
if you'd like to support the show in any way, we have a Redbubble where you could buy some merchandise, and we also have a Patreon, and we have to thank some people for supporting us on Patreon. Mm-hmm. We have Noah. Thank you, Noah. Gage twice. Thank you, Gage. Once for the Patreon, another time for the Discord. Uh, Gage pays for the Discord so we can stream and do a bunch of fun Discord activities in Discord. We also have Jordan with a Y. Thank you, Jordan with a Y. Because of Gage's contribution, Jordan with a Y can host game nights. We also have Danny. Danny, thank you. Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. And Bones Jones. Thank you, Bones Jones. Thank you so much, everyone, for supporting the show. Without you, we couldn't do this. Yes. Um, this has been a, 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 a Ghoulman Entertainment show. We also have a bunch of other shows. We have Atomic Tabletop, which will come out sometime. Uh, we also have uh, Kyle and Vince Likes, where it's me and Kyle. We just talk about things that we like. And we also have Lizard Brains, which is another podcast that myself and a friend of mine do, where we sit down and we're watching all of the Godzilla movies in order. Um and one of those might be up. I kind of hit a snag with time and it should have been up Wednesday, but I think it's either going to, I think it's going to be up f- the Friday after the day it should have been up. That being said, right. Um, that's a show that I enjoy making. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's really everything. Thank you for being here. Yeah, I think that's it. Thank you for being here, everyone. Bye, everyone. Um, actually, wait, before we wait, do that, stop. What's up? Stop. Well, what's up? Programming what's up? note. Oh. Um, the next couple weeks could be hectic with the holidays. So if you get um, if you get a couple burners, we're sorry. Um, but it might not be the like regularly scheduled programming. So just like be patient with us. Yeah, I I keep forgetting how close we are to the end of the year. Um, mm-hmm. there might be a few episodes here and there that are just like quick. We need something. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. By the time by by New Year, we'll have a better schedule sorted out. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye, Kyle. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Kyle. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. A Gulman Entertainment Production.